there's someone in your life who is so difficult to deal with that you've stopped sharing your thoughts and you're almost afraid to do so because of how they might react? Do you walk on eggshells all the time to avoid upsetting this person? Have you considered the possibility that this person is controlling and or manipulating you with their moods and their behavior? The first issue that we come across as survivors, as people who have been codependent, is that we tend to want to be people pleasers. Well, maybe we don't want to be people pleasers, but we tend to be people pleasers by nature. This is most likely because we were taught that when we made someone happy in our life, our life got easier. And it turns out that's not really the healthiest way for us to run things in our life. So if you find yourself kind of going along automatically with what people around you want, this would apply to you. If you go the other way and you are willing to stand up for your own needs, then you're already past this one. But for those of us who aren't quite past it yet, we're going to talk about how learning to advocate for yourself can help you to make decisions that are more in line with who you are and with your goals. It's completely possible to miss someone and to still understand that you really deserve better. So here are some tips for you. Number one, evaluate the consequences. Imagine how different your life might be if you made yourself and your own feelings more of a priority, my friend. It might just motivate you to practice being a little more assertive. So give it a shot. Try practicing with people who maybe aren't as important to you. So maybe someone that you deal with in as a customer, but be respectful. Being assertive doesn't mean being a jerk. It just means saying what's true and telling the truth about what you need and, and how things will be. Doesn't mean you have to be a jerk about it. Doesn't mean you have to be rude about it. You can still be polite and be respectful while being assertive. Narcissists are funny little creatures, aren't they? The more respect you give them, the less they give you. The more times you forgive them, the more times you let them have another chance, they pretty much stop trying because they know that each time they mess up, you're gonna forgive them and you're gonna take them back. So they start to take that for granted. They, as I've said before, get comfortable with disrespecting and treating you like you don't matter, like you're not important. And the problem with this, of course, is that your life becomes a living hell in the process. Go ahead and let them underestimate you. Go ahead and let them think whatever they need to think to get through the day. But here's how you win. You refuse to be disrespected. You remember who you are. You take back your power. And the whole time, you be planning your escape. And once you're out, you take back your control. Been here, done this, let me know. Number two, flip a coin. Now, obviously important decisions will require very careful thought, but if you take the time to flip a coin and see what the result is, if you're happy with the result, then you know that's what you wanted. And if you're not happy with the result, then you'll know that you really wanted the other thing and that's kind of a good way to test yourself. You might think when a narcissist tries to destroy you that it means they don't think you're very powerful or they don't recognize how powerful you are. But the truth is they see it, they know it's there. They just don't want it to exist. Number three, seek feedback. It never hurts to collaborate with people around you that you trust. So if there are friends or family members or a coach or a counselor or someone who you trust and you feel comfortable asking, ask them, you know, to give you some feedback on what you're dealing with. And then you can use that feedback to help you make a decision. Early in recovery, a lot of survivors go, my gosh, the narcissist seems so happy and I'm so miserable. Why am I so miserable? They ask, why does the narcissist lose nothing? But they're forgetting that the narcissist did lose something. They lost you. You were a person who would stand beside them for their whole lives. As I mentioned, you're kind of amazing. You would have loved them in ways no one else would forever, their whole lives. But it's not like you didn't lose anything. You lost the person you thought you were supposed to be. But I think the biggest thing that you lost was the person you were when you met them, the person you could be now had you not spent all this time with them. 
there's the focus. Number four, use your journal. I have literally solved almost every problem in my life through journaling or blogging of some sort. And so I always recommend to write. And if you can stand to do it, write it by hand. Write down what you're feeling, write down what you're going through, write down the decisions you have to make or you know what the decision is about. Write about your own behavior and then take a look at that stuff. Take a look and see where do you tend to agree with others and where do you feel upset by others and their choices? And if you find yourself agreeing with other people, regardless of what you really think, ask yourself why, How, what is the purpose of that? My guess is you'll find out that you're trying to people please without even realizing it. Number five, consider therapy or coaching. This is not something you must do, but it's something that can be helpful to talk to someone who understands what you're going through, like I kind of mentioned earlier, and kind of learn new strategies to increase your own self-awareness I've been talking about intuition in the past few days, and I thought maybe it would be a good idea to kind of define what that means. It is sort of an onboard guidance system that each of us has built in. It's when you just kind of know, even though you don't have any logical reason for knowing, you just know. If you're listening for it, you'll find it in the form of a gut feeling or a little tingle or the little voice in the back of your head. This topic is especially important for survivors of narcissistic abuse because we end up in situations where we lose our ability to even connect with our intuition or we stop trusting it. Every time I followed my own intuition, I have not been wrong. How about you? Learn how to listen to your own intuition because that's a big important part here. Learning to listen to your intuition and then to put your intuition in front of the need to please another person when you're making a big life choice. The second most common obstacle that we deal with is the fear or the overwhelm of having too many choices to make, too many things to choose from. Now this sounds funny, but there was a study done a while back where they had, uh, they set up two ice cream shops. One of them had like three flavors and the other one had like 31 or however many flavors. And if it turned out that the people who went into the 31 flavor shop had way more trouble making a decision than that the people who went into the three flavor shop because too many options can overwhelm some people. It can make you feel as a survivor like you're being pulled in too many directions. So if you find yourself in that place, then slow down, take a deep breath, and try one of the following strategies that will help you to ground yourself. Number one, clarify the criteria. So when you're trying to make a choice, think about your actual purpose in life. What is your purpose and how does this apply to it? That way, if something, if one of the options sort of doesn't line up with your goals or your purpose, then you'll know that's not really an option for you. Number two, limit your options. So this is as simple as going from the 31 flavor ice cream shop to the three flavor ice cream shop. If you find yourself wasting time on small trivial things, wasting energy on things that don't really matter, limit your scope of choices for that item, for that thing. For example, maybe if you have trouble deciding what to have for breakfast, you pick one thing and you have that for breakfast every day until you're tired of it. Or if you're having trouble picking out an outfit, maybe you build yourself one of those capsule wardrobes where you can actually just grab and go. You know, pick one one of however many outfits you have available to you in that wardrobe. I can't tell you how to build one. I have a ridiculous wardrobe. <laughs> but there are a lot of people on this platform that can help you with that. So check that out if you're interested. The next time you find yourself doubting yourself or your abilities or how far you can go in this whole recovery thing, I want you to remember everything you've already gone through. What battles you've already faced. If you can make it through all that, you're going to be the crap out of all this. I promise you. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Hear me? Don't give up on yourself. Number three, think long term. So really take a look at this thing and pay attention to it and ask yourself, is this going to affect me in the future? And if so, how? Because the impact of it on your future could very easily help you make that decision faster if you think about it. The third obstacle that a lot of us deal with is perfectionism. 
Now I know that sounds odd, right? But stick with me, I'll explain. See, growing up with narcissists or having a narcissist in our life for a long time can lead us to doubt ourselves in every decision that we make. And so we feel the pressure to sort of make the right choice, the pressure to excel, the pressure to, you know, do what we are supposed to do and the right thing, whatever that is. Well, there's not always a right choice. Sometimes it's just the choice for you, the right choice for you. So in this case, developing standards for yourself that someone else didn't plant in your head that are more realistic for yourself will be the answer. That's how you're going to make smarter decisions and make faster decisions. So here are some ways that you can start to develop more realistic standards. Number one, start small. So start small by making choices about things like deciding what to make for dinner or choosing a weekend destination for a getaway. Then you can start to think about things like new job offers and big marriage proposals or partnerships or whatever. By starting small, you can build your confidence and build your skills to make choices that are right for you. Number two, accept uncertainty. I always say that I'm content to wonder and wander and that's because a lot of times I'm okay with accepting that I don't really know the answer to something. But when it comes to making a decision, it's hard to go, which thing do I do? Because nobody wants to live in limbo. But it can be tempting to put off making a choice so you can take your time and gather more information. And that's probably what a lot of us get stuck with. I know I, I personally will get stuck in the information gathering stage often. But we all need to learn how to sort of limit ourselves to a certain amount of time to research or a certain amount of effort to research. Because we have to deal with other things besides just researching and making choices. So maybe you tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna give myself one hour to research this product I wanna buy. Or if you're gonna make a bigger choice like buying a house or living in a new neighborhood, maybe you give yourself a week or a month to research that thing and decide for sure that that's what you want. But ultimately you have to accept that whatever you decide, you won't really know for sure firsthand what the experience will be like until you do it yourself. Number three, the value of learning. Just remember that in, in any situation, if you're dealing with a personal growth issue or a personal development type thing, the truth is that all of that depends on your knowledge, understanding what you're dealing with and you know increasing your skills from there. So try to look at any setback that you do have along the way as an opportunity for you to move forward and do better next time. Number four, take risks, but sensibly. Sometimes as survivors, we have a really hard time being brave. The truth is we're a lot braver than we think. But when it comes to making decisions, sometimes just recognizing that you're doing something that takes courage can be a big booster for you as an individual. Having the courage to take a chance when you feel uncertain or you feel worried is powerful. And as a survivor, it's a power move. The truth is I truly believe that courage is doing it afraid. You know, courage, courage doesn't mean having no fear. It means being scared and doing it anyway. So believe in yourself, believe in your own abilities. And in this case, you might want to focus on what you actually get out of making a choice rather than not making a choice and being stuck. You need to recognize that you might actually lose more if you do nothing or you don't take action. Number five, be compassionate. You need to treat yourself nicely. You need to have compassion for yourself no matter what. So let me ask you something. How do you treat yourself when you make a choice and it doesn't work out? Instead of beating yourself up like so many of us are prone to doing, learn to be nice to yourself. Learn to comfort yourself in the moment. Use more positive self-talk. Meditate, do whatever you need to do to build your self-esteem. And one little tip from me to you, which I've probably told you before, but it's still important and works and helps in situations like this, is to take a moment and sort of step outside yourself and ask yourself, how would I treat someone else in this position? And not just anyone else, someone you care about unconditionally, right? Your child, your best friend, your niece or nephew, you know, anyone that you feel is 
you love unconditionally and you tolerate their flaws and, and you don't beat them up about those things, imagine that that person is coming to you with the same issue and imagine what you would say to that person as opposed to how you would speak to yourself and then speak to yourself in that way because you should love yourself unconditionally but we're just not always there yet. This is a way to sort of hack recovery is by imagining ourselves in that position where we are treating ourselves like we treat someone else that we love. It's really, really powerful and really helpful. Ultimately, doing these things is going to help you take charge of your life and not leave the choices and decisions up to either fate or, you know, someone who doesn't deserve to make those in your life. By facing your fears and focusing on your goals, you're going to have a much better time of making decisions with ease and making decisions that are good for you in your life. So I saw something from Dr. Leah Katz and I thought I would share with you because it works for us. She said, if you're a people pleaser, one of your very best sort of allies or phrases that you can use is, let me think about that. This way you won't follow your instinct to just kind of go along with it to make someone else happy. And instead you'll focus on what it is that you want and need in your life. She added that's really important to take your time and make your choices intentionally and wisely. All right, you know what time it is now, right? That's right. It's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, do you struggle to make decisions? Have you struggled in the past? And if so, what do you do to make it easier to make decisions today? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below, and let's talk about it. If you're new around here, take a minute to hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notifications so you can be notified when new videos come out. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life, and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon.